Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, how did your fantasy do, team do on Thursday Night Football? That's my on, on thir- what for last night? For last night, I didn't have anybody. No, I figured. Does you Does anybody have anybody? That's I figured on you already would have added Garner Minshew. I thought you would have put him on your team already. I'm not one of those guys that like immediately goes on the wafer wire every week and has to like pick up whoever the latest guy is who had a great game the game before. Don't worry, you will be. No, you weren't a no. fantasy guy a week it, ago. No, so. if if I start doing that, that that leads right down that degenerate path. You're, I, you're you on can't. that road, man. No, you're, just enjoy the you're ride. Trying to push me over that cliff I is would, what you're trying. I would to never do. invoke peer pressure like that at all. No, but not I'm gonna, you. I'm going to leave that there. Uh, we'll talk a little more your fantasy obsession that's newly found after it's we not, have it's you after we have Ricky Vitalica join us. Ricky, how you doing there, man? Good. How you guys doing? We're good. Um, Jeff is now uh, into fantasy football for the first time, and so I am too. I, you know what? I had a great first week, and then all my players are questionable. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it sounds like the Eagles right now. Their whole team is questionable. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you do you get totally into this and like start like spending hours every week doing this? No, I can't. Yeah, see? It, it just. It, there's no reason. I mean, I see guys play for a lot of money and stuff like that. I just don't understand. You know what? It's out of your control. Once you pick your team, it's kind of out of your control because a lot of people won't make trades for you any, with you, anyways. Jeff was trying That's to get the re- way I look at Jeff it. was trying to get reception to reload the stats last week, though he he'll try to tell you he wasn't, but he was definitely following closely. Great. So, Ricky, I I gotta be honest. You are um, my voice of salvation after the games. I turn on post game live, and you are basically venting everything I've been throwing at my television. Um, one, how do you keep your composure this season? But no, two, uh, what's your, your take on the state of the team right now as they head into the final games as we close the season out? State of the team is Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, that, that's the way they've been the whole season. I think we saw at the beginning of the season we thought this team was going to be a monster. I mean, let's face it, we thought, we thought they were going to run away with the division, and then all of a sudden here come those Atlanta Braves again, and, and all of a sudden the Phillies just – faltered the the rest of the way. I mean, 500 team basically the rest of the way. That's not exactly what what you would call a monster of a ball club. So uh, I really see them as Jekyll and Hyde. They pull, they go win two, three games in a row. They pull you in, and then they throw you right back in. Out. I mean, it's one of those things where it, it's it's an annoying team because the inconsistent inconsistency level is so high with this team, and it's not. You know what the weird part is? It's not one player. It is everybody. There's not one player on this team that doesn't go into these prolonged slumps. And I, I, I you know, what? I, I believe in analytics. I understand analytics, but I think uh, some of these guys go so deep into it. And I, that's where I think like a, a Reese Hoskins is right now. I think he he got so deep into being a guy who sees a lot of pitches that he got lost. And and that could happen to anybody. But I, I look at this team and it's. One day, great. Next day, not. It's very um, inconsistent. Jekyll and Hyde, we'll just call them. Ricky, we follow the the minor leagues. We do a show on the Phillies minor league system. And one of the things that we noticed was the guys that are, that really aren't, not, they're not being disobedient, but the guys that aren't worried about the analytics seem to have had the better season down there. Is is it, analytics gotten to the point where it's just getting in people's heads? And it's it's like I don't know if you play golf, but when I play golf, if I've taken a lesson, that's the worst round I'll have is right after the lesson because I'll be thinking about everything. Well, is that the same thing with analytics? Do, 
Did, did you play baseball at any level? When I was a kid, not, not like you. Okay. <laughs> did, did you go up? To, did you up there looking to walk or swing the bat? Oh, I wanted did, to hit. You see what I mean? Yeah. Right. I think I think these guys are more inclined to take a walk than they will to swing the bat. And and look, I, I was a catcher in high school, catcher in college. My idea was if the, one of those first two pitches, I'm probably going to get a fastball, and it's probably going to be a strike. Those are going to be the wax that I want to take at. And I was a pitcher in the big leagues, and I know that that is a theory. That's what you really want to do. You want to get ahead, stay ahead. That's, that's, that should be your, your thought process as a pitcher. I, I think these guys have gotten so deep into it that they want to be in two-strike counts, which is – I can't even say it's understandable because that's ridiculous. Why do you want to put yourself in a hole? Why do you want to be in an 0-2 count? Why is it okay to have two strikes on you? You're giving the pitcher the momentum. You're giving him the edge. That's the last thing I want to see. Do you, the other thing is, you think about these guys growing up. Were they going by analytics? No. The answer is no. So, I mean, they're almost trying to relearn who they are because that's the way they want you to do it now on the big league level. Can you they want though? you to take pitches. They want you to be very selective. Can can you at this point, if you've grown up playing little league no. and, and all that stuff, can you relearn? Because we talked about that a couple of weeks ago about the fact that you, part of baseball in any sport is muscle memory, and you've now had your a right. whole lifetime of muscle memory, and then you get to the major leagues and they t- start saying change your swing. Can you do it? No, <laughs> I mean, can you do? Can you do it and be consistent? The the answer is no. Why do you think that strikeouts are so acceptable these days? Because guys can't do it. Maybe years down the road where everybody has an uppercut swing, maybe that'll change. But there's always a way to pitch around swings. Remember that. There's always holes in somebody's swing. I mean, when I used to pitch, we used to have meetings. They used to say, here's his hole. Go after that hole if you get in trouble. And that that's the way you should be thinking, not like – you know, up at the plate, you're sitting there going, well, if he doesn't throw it right down the middle, I'm taking it. That's that's ridiculous. Get your barrel to the ball and hit it. That's what you're taught when you're, when you're a little kid. Get your barrel to the ball, right? I was taught to slap the ball. That's what, that's what, that's how you start off. Think about slapping the ball and dry, and then you drive through it. And next thing you know, you found your swing. All of a sudden, they want everybody to have this uppercut swing with the backhand up, which, which I don't, I just, I don't get it. I, I think backs, uh, putting backspin on a ball and going directly through a ball, line drives are actually kind of nice. What happens when they deaden the baseball again? You're, you're speaking. That, there, there's, there's your question. What happens when they, when they deaden the baseball again and the home runs go away? Well, I mean, we've talked about that a lot because you look at the numbers in AAA we're using the same Major League Baseball. They're up 58% for home runs. You look at Major League Baseball's home runs, they're up. You know, what are these teams going to do? But you're, you're talking that seems more like a philosophical issue from the management on down. Is this team going to make a change in the voices that are there that are guiding these analytics that are really kind of taking their players out of their game as much as putting them in position to succeed in the game? They don't care about the guy's personal stats. Do you know what I mean? If strikeouts are fine and low batting averages are fine, they don't care about that. They care about trying to find some kind of a formula, a computerized formula that's going to win them a World Series. Well, I hate to tell you, it better be different than everybody else because if you don't have the talent, you're not going to win. And I watch the Atlanta Braves play, and I watch their hitters uh, up at bat. They're not taking pitches if it's a good pitch to hit, if you noticed. No, they're, they're, they're taking wax at it. That's a, that's an issue to me. 
because the Phillies are completely different than that. Well, it's it's same you thing with their pitching. You have to be able pitching. to swing the bats. Same thing with their pitching. They go right after it. The Phillies nibble. I mean, get, uh, some of that is a product of the arms that they have. What what do you think this team does? You know, Nola's struggled. They're winless in his last six starts. We can talk about what comes after him in the rotation. The bullpen is a shell of itself. You're you're a pitcher. Where do you look at the arms on this team right now as they look to try and rebuild that for next year? Well, they're 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 100 percent not major league. I mean, through and through. You, you look at Aaron Nola. I think he got tired. I really do. I mean, they put a lot of pressure on him. They try to get him deep into games all the time because their bullpen stinks. And that that's just is what it is. And I think he got tired down the stretch. Uh, we saw him, you know, start off poorly and right now kind of finish poorly. So not what, not what you expect from your ace. Um, after that in the starting rotation, I think Eflin, Eflin the funny thing is, you, you think about what Eflin did. They wanted him to pitch up in the zone. Beginning of the season, he was down the zone with sinkers. Then all of a sudden, you know, Chris Young's theory, you got to throw it up in the zone. Well, when he started doing that, what happened to him? Horrible results. He got back down in the zone his last three or four starts, and he's been outstanding. Do you see what I mean? It doesn't work for everybody. And and I could go through why well, go through the bullpen. I think there's two two guys that'll probably be here next year. <laughs> and I would I would I would I would think Alvarez and probably Neris, unless you could trade Neris for something. But I, I think those two guys will definitely be a part. I think Ranger Suarez might have a shot to be doing something out there also. So I have a but, question. But the rest of the rest of everything else is uh, it, it's unfinished to so, say the least. So I don't know if you've had a chance to go down and see Spencer Howard pitch at all, or Ramon Rosa, or any of the, the young arms down there. There are people that have been clamoring over the last month that Spencer Howard should come up. And one of the things that we've seen going down there is that the ball that they're using in single A and double A is different than the ball that they're using in triple A in the major leagues. Why is that? <laughs> because they want home runs. I mean, the the bottom line is they figure, well, well, we'll give it to the top two leagues because that's where that's where we want the home runs because you want to see what you have in AAA to get called up to the big leagues. That's why they're using those baseballs. But in, in all reality, they should be using the same balls all the way through. Right, what happens is I, I think for the most part they make X amount of baseballs a year, and then the next year whatever is left over goes to <laughs> minor leagues at some point. I really believe that, I, and they just put a different stamp on them. I think that's what we, I, that's I what we did I, coaching Little League. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what? I, it's funny because – I remember going in, it was like after my second year, I remember coming back to spring training, I was like, "What? what's wrong with the baseballs? And the same type of thing that's happening now. And that was, I believe, 98 when all the home runs started. But it's weird because I had two baseballs, one from the year before, one from that new year, and they were completely different baseballs. So how, and and it's unreal how they could do that or why they do that. So how how do you have like somebody like Spencer Howard? People kept saying have him come up from Double A. He would have to learn how to pitch completely different because the seams are different, the grip is different, everything's different on the baseball. How could you have a guy jump from Double A to to the major leagues? Well, that that's a that's a heck of a question. I mean, it used to be different. It used to be, you know, the balls were somewhat similar. Uh, you go from there to the big leagues. But now you're right. It, it's different. Uh, the balls have seams in Double A, so they get a better feel for it. Yeah, I, I didn't think they were going to bring him up. I think people were asking to bring him up because of his numbers, 
because he's got electric stuff, his ball jumps out of his hand. He's got really good stuff, and I think he's going to be a real good major league pitcher. But, I mean, to rush him up right now, you know, putting a pressure on a kid to try to save a ball club, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'll stick with the kid. No, you can't tell what kind of pitcher he is until he grabs a major league baseball. No, definitely not. And I, I mean, I think people have to be a little bit patient, although that's we're not good at that. Uh, I'll stick with another kid who who did get rushed up here and has played well at times, struggled at others, but sort of come through at Adam Hazley. Should he be given a chance every day at this point? And where do you think he figures into their plans for next season as they have players coming back from injury and decide who's going to be in that outfield? I think right now with Dickerson out, he should be playing every day. I don't think there's – he's in the lineup tonight. But, I mean, I think he should be playing every day. There's the – you know what's funny? You just pointed out a big problem I have. You, if you're going to bring these kids up, you have to let them play. I, I, I don't care if it's lefty, righty. I know everything that goes back to the whole analytics, so I'll just keep that out of it. But Adam Hazley is a good ball player. I, I will tell you this much. He is the he is the snapshot of what it looks like to come up in the majors. If you remember his first games, you were, everybody was like, ooh, he looks overmatched. And I was more like, no, he just looks a little nervous. Let him get his feet wet. And once he got his feet wet – and he started believing in himself. He became a really—he's a really nice ball player. I'm not—you know—he's he, not Barry Bonds or anything like that. But he's going to give you some pretty good numbers if you let him play every day. Plus, he plays a pretty good outfield. I mean, the guy gets to the gets the balls in the gap. He gets good jumps on the ball. He's—he's he's a good fundamental type outfielder, which I like. Um, as far as next year, look—you have Bryce Harper right now in right field, and then I really believe you have question marks everywhere else. I mean, in the outfield. So there may, there may be, he may have a spot next year. If not, he may be a bench player, but I I would think the Phillies will go out and get at least one outfielder. And then, you know, I would think Hazley would be in the mix to get that other position. He could play multiple positions out there too. Last question. As a pitcher, how much, how important is it to have a catcher like JT Real Muto behind the plate? I think it's huge. Um, uh, perfect example. Uh, I had Darren Dalton when I first came up. And I've, t- I've told this story before, but this, this is a true story. Um, I'm pitching probably in my second month, maybe third month of my rookie year. And I shake him off. He calls timeout, walks up to me. He says, uh, hey. I said, yeah. He goes, uh, what's your ERA with me behind the plate? I said, I have, I have no idea. I had no idea. He goes, zero. He goes, what's your ERA with the rest of the guys? I said, I don't know. He goes, the rest. Turned around and walked back to home plate. <laughs> yes, it's very important to have a, have a catcher who knows what he's doing behind the plate. If, if at all for anything else, to keep you confident out there and to keep you in focus. That, that's That's what you really need. But I think, you know, Today's game, you need a little bit of a babying, a little bit of a nanny, too, behind the plate. Because these guys get rattled fairly quickly, and they unravel quick. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's extremely important. And that guy's done a tremendous job. People don't understand how much work it is to learn pitching staffs. He had to come in, learn a pitching staff, and still keep his offensive numbers up. So think about that, and think about how good he was this year. I have no idea why anybody tries to run on him. At all. I mean, I don't mind it because oh, I enjoy. It's unreal, watching, isn't it? I enjoy getting watching them <laughs> gun them down. You think they're going to be able guys to, have great jumps and still get thrown out? Absolutely. You think they're going to be able to get a deal with him? It seems like both sides are interested. 
Yeah, I think they will. I mean, I think, I, quite frankly, I think they probably have a yearly number already in mind. It's it, or excuse me, a per year number, like the amount he'll get a year. I, I think it's going to be all about how many years. Well, that's we, what I do think. We will follow it. We'll follow you on TV and on Twitter, and really appreciate you giving us some time to break things down, Ricky. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. You have a great one. All right, bye, Jeff. Yes. You're feeling on the Phillies? Does that validate a bunch of what you've yeah. been uh-huh. saying? I know you enjoyed him going off on analytics. I, you were quietly smiling and uh, agreeing. Look, he, he's, a ball, and, he's, a, he's a ball player's ball player. I don't know, that may sound weird, but he just he, he knows baseball. He knows, he knows what it's – not just because he played, but just because you could tell he knows the feel of, of baseball, what you're supposed to be to, to be a ball player. I think he'd be a great manager – I don't. I don't know if he would want to do that, but I, I think, think he'd he, get thrown out a lot if he was the manager. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't I, seem like somebody who would be patient with he, the umpires. Well, that's it. I th- but I do think he would be a great teacher. <laughs> I, I think so. Um, I didn't get to ask him though. Um, stay or go, Gabe Kapler and Matt Klintak. This week, Klintak said that uh, he praised Kapler, but said winning's what matters. That's the cold hard truth. Did Gabe Kapler manage himself in or out of a job this season, Jeff? I don't think he's managed. <laughs> <laughs> Should Gabe Kapler, oh, no, no, will Gabe Kapler be the manager when the season starts next year? Yes. Really? I have to suffer yeah. through that again? <laughs> Look, I mean, he's telling me about Chris, Chris Young, and like that's what's driven me nuts all season. I'd rather have Chris Young, the country artist, be the pitching coach than this Chris Young. Yeah, I, I or the six ten pitcher who used to pitch for the Mets. I'll take that one. I don't get it at all. They the Phillies move what, on to Cleveland. Hold on, what pitcher has gotten better? Has gotten better. None. What pitcher Not has one. gotten worse? Ranger Suarez is the only pitcher who has pitched better on this whole staff this season, and it's in a well, limited you can't say role. He's, wait, you can't say he's pitched better. This is the first season he's pitched, which I'm, means that he's pitched better. <laughs> that he's still on the team because of necessity. It's not. No, nobody. Ev- literally, almost every arm has either regressed or been in. Well, that's it. Look, I I thought people were crazy before the season when he was when Nick Pavetta was the dark horse for the Cy Young Award. But people were saying that he was a dark horse for the Cy Young Award, people who know a lot more about baseball than us. And you're sitting there going, what happened? How did it go so wrong? Why can't Vince – why didn't anybody in the last three years realize that Vince Velasquez wasn't a starter? I don't get it. It's because they don't listen to our show. Exactly. Because for three years, you, you have made the case that Vince Velasquez is a bullpen arm and nothing more. Right, you have said that you said he may be a closer. He's a guy in the bullpen who can come in and get outs, but he that second, that third time through the lineup, he loses it he every just time. Can't. He just can't. And I, you know, you get you literally get to the second inning, and and you look at the pitch count. I do it every time he's in the <laughs> I game. I know you do it because I got yeah, a text message text from you, and it's about always at 40, 45, 50 pitches <laughs> through the second inning, and you're like, come on, seriously. He for even though he had that great velocity and he had that what nineteen strikeout game, the fact is he's never been consistent. And he's he doesn't for a guy who's got that kind of fastball he doesn't have an out pitch, Mm-mm. so that's what you, like you'll have lots of guys who will he foul off four or five pitches he, and just stay in the box. There are moments where he pitches, but for most of the time he throws, and he does not. He just doesn't have it. At least not now, and I, it doesn't seem like he's going to get it. Uh, are you still watching as they? Yes, you are. Yeah, I'm even going next week. So you're as crazy as me. 
It's baseball. I know. You know, but I hate myself I, for it I, sometimes. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm torturing myself so, to watch this. So, two nights ago, I'm looking through my Twitter feed and I see Jonathan Mayo with a photo from the Arizona Fall League, and I'm going, "Oh, I want to go." I was following yeah, along with how, the updates too, so yeah. we're both losers. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I want to go to the Arizona Fall. <laughs> we League. are both total yeah. losers. It's okay. I'll, I'm going to start counting down to next season already. All right. Well, let's stick to uh, t- league that's in this season, yeah. and let's go to the Eagles. Yeah. Um, are you recovered after last week? I'm fine. You're fine. I'm, fine. I'm still struggling. The sky is falling. No, well, not you know, for it, me, but if you listen to some uh, shows out there, the sky is absolutely falling. There, there are days I am so glad that we're not on the radio, and Mondays are that day. Why? Do you think I would be the overreacting guy on the radio on Monday? Do you think that I get like a cooler head as the week goes on? Brett, I see you shaking your head on the no, other side I, well, of Well, I think that, that you verbalize it in a cooler way. I think the <laughs> sky is falling. You're ducking, but you're not saying anything by the end of the week. I actually didn't think the sky was falling <laughs> after last Sunday. It was a there fru- are a lot of people that are. Not, it was not a frustrating just of the loss, game. but because of the injuries. Yeah, it was a very frustrating right. game to watch. I mm-hmm. mean, look, first of all, this team needs to get off to better starts. They just they still are not scoring in the first quarter. They've scored on 15% of their opening drives since 2018. They scored on 53% in their Super Bowl year in 2017. They're the worst fourth, first quarter offense in the NFL. They, it just, they have to get off to a better start. I don't know if it's that they're not giving him audibles to start the game, that they're trying to go off the script or what it is, but this idea of deferring for the other team to get the ball mm-hmm. to potentially score for your offense to not do anything, you're basically giving them the ball twice before you're even starting the game at that point. And so I don't understand their philosophy right now of starting the game. I'll start with that. Second, Isaac Samalu got abused on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people who want to blame Carson Wentz. I'm not really one of them. I, I think he was inconsistent at times, especially early on. Yeah, But there were people in his face from the second they snapped the ball. Hey, considering what happened last weekend, be thankful that Carson Wentz is one of the few quarterbacks I am thankful out for he the is season. standing. Right. I thought that he was hurt at one point during mm-hmm. the game. He went in to get checked for a concussion. Right. That was a physical game. You had Kelsey going to the wrong sideline, having to be checked for a concussion. Aguilar checked for a okay, concussion. So I got, I got an issue with that. Okay. Explain to me why he went to the wrong sideline. Well, I, I think it because he had a head injury. Okay. I don't understand how he get cleared that quickly. So so as far as I'm concerned, when a player goes to the wrong sideline, unless they're colorblind, there is no way in hell that they should be allowed back in the game. 13 players. The Eagles are green, right? <laughs> what, 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 what team were they playing? The Falcons. Okay. And what color were their uniforms? Black and red? Yeah. So um, maybe they were green red so, color so, line. Well, I don't want to make light I don't want to make light of the head injury. It was clearly serious. Well no, I'm and, being I'm being serious. Yeah. I, I'm saying that if you go to the complete wrong sideline, that's it. That that should be enough for you to say you're not coming but back apparently, in the game. I don't care. So you don't think that the levels that they test before the game to make sure that everything's no, the same, you don't it, think that that's good it, enough? It, I don't understand the brain. There's no well logic to be to, behind 
going to the wrong sideline. No, but I'm not going to try to be a doctor about it on the radio. But uh, you know, 13 players, 24.5 percent. Doctor Bombay, you won't, nah. you, you won't, you won't get that. I reference. disappointed my parents. I'm not a doctor, or a lawyer. I'm just a putz that talks on the radio and is going to try out for a basketball team tomorrow, which we're going to get into in a few minutes oh, with Larry yeah. Milai, Blue uh-huh. Coats team president. Mm-hmm. But let's uh, stay here right now for a second. Uh, injuries, Deshaun Jackson out with an ab injury, probably out two to three weeks. <laughs> they had so many injuries, they canceled practice. Dallas Goddard hurt in warmups, uh, right. may play this week. Alshon Jeffrey injured, played six plays. Timmy Jernigan broke his foot. The Corey Clement injury was huge because he fumbled on the play he was injured that totally gave huge momentum to Atlanta to start second half. That was a big, big injury. Um, he'll clearly be out at least this week. Mm-hmm. Huge drop by Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> and to his credit, he, t- you know, he took the blame. Took the it. blame, came back, All had right. a huge catch afterwards. Mm-hmm. But that's a huge drop. Okay, uh, There's no other way to say it got caught in the lights. Um, there's no balance on this team. They ran 72 offensive plays. 51 of them were pass plays. That's balance for the Eagles. That's not balance. Sure it is. No, that's, that's getting your quarterback killed. <laughs> with this line that, right that, now that's balance in today's nfl <laughs> whether you whether you like i'm not i don't agree with it because i'm i prefer running all day all on the the eagle the falcons defense in week one gave up 172 yards the eagles averaged 2.3 yards a carry well what did miles sanders do uh he had 10 carries for 28 yards jordan coward had eight carries for 18 yards mm-hmm. though i will say i eight think carries why did he only get eight carries well, there were only 18 carries total. Now, why did why did Jordan Howard? You're saying they're talking about them being needing to be more balanced. Why is Jordan Howard, who they traded for, only getting eight carries I in a game? I have said the same thing with you. I don't understand their rotation, but they clearly like Miles which, Sanders. Which one of them do you who have has, in your fantasy? Who team? has a propensity? Mm-hmm. Neither. Mm-hmm. Not, um, not, that's not true. I think I have Miles Sanders on one of them. Of course you do. Because I knew that he was going to get more, but part of the problem is twenty six yards. He bounces everything outside. Right. He's not patient enough yet. To, he sees the hole, but he doesn't let it develop yet. Yeah, he's a rookie. I know. Shocking. Yeah, but the but Eagles he was are going to be the with star him. right from no, week one. Is to say that he struggles <laughs> at the start of the season to equate uh, that with he's not going to be a star uh-huh. is ridiculous, and you know it. Okay. Forty percent of the Eagles' the rush attempts re- this season have gone for four plus yards. That's twenty seventh in the NFL. Right. They need to be better. Clearly. Well, what are they going to do this week? They, 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 they have no Deshaun Jackson. They have no Alshon Jeffrey. Goddard's not playing, right? Uh, I don't he, think so. He may play. He practiced today. Uh-huh. Uh, he and uh, Alshon Jeffrey are not ruled out just yet for the game. But they're going to be short. Now, they will have a second tight end because Alex Ellis can be brought up. So at least from that standpoint, they can run a 12-man where they have two tight ends. They couldn't even really run that because they only had two tight ends on the roster and one of them got hurt in warm So you think Zach Ertz is going to get the ball a lot this week? Oh, I think Zach Ertz is going to eat well. He's on, he's on he's your on fantasy, my fantasy team. team. That's why you care about that. <laughs> See? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. E- Eagles DBs continue to beat, beat long at times. Do you uh, remember Elvis Patterson? No. His nickname was Toast. So was Izel Jenkins. Uh, uh, I, I think you can, uh, yeah. Darby's on the Toast list. Oh, man. They keep trying to tell me that he's healthy. He doesn't look very healthy. <laughs> Would you trade for. Can you imagine J- what he was like if he was injured? Would you trade for Jalen Ramsey? There's been a lot of talk this no. week for that. No. For no, our no. listeners who aren't familiar, Jalen Ramsey, one of the top cornerbacks in who the league. Who doesn't but- know who he is? 
He's the loudmouth on Jacksonville. Has some questionable uh, things about his attitude. He doesn't with get the along team. with anyone. Do I care if he locks down one side of the field? Ronald Darby <laughs> could be friends with everybody and get burned on every play, and that doesn't mean I want him on my football uh-huh. team. I'm just being. Well, honest. Let me ask you a question: If they let's say they get Jalen Ramsey and he's a wonderful citizen on the team and isn't mocking everybody in the locker room and stuff like that. Does that solve the problem of the Eagles' defense? It helps. It doesn't solve it, though. It helps. It, it just, I'm if telling Sid, you. If Sidney Jones or Ronald Darby is now your two or your three as yeah. opposed to your one or your two, uh-huh. it makes you much deeper. If you can lock down one side of the you field— You just said a minute ago that it, uh, it doesn't matter as long as the guy on the other side sucks. No, I, I think it's really important. I'm going to ask to play back that tape, and we're going to find out that you said that. What are you even talking about? Huh? I don't even know what you're talking okay, about here. Okay, fine. All right. Eagles tight ends, they should Sorry, be... Sorry, I've been cross-examining people. Yeah, right? Yeah. Seriously, don't treat me that mm-hmm. way. Um, what are your thoughts for this weekend, though? Do you think that they're going to win? I don't think they cover the spread. I, I think they win, but I don't think they cover the spread six and a half to seven, depending on where you are. I think it's closer than that. I don't... Well, the Lions beat the Chargers, which shocked me. They should have beaten yeah. Arizona. They, were, they played three quarters really well and seemed to get tired and more down. I don't know down. how the Lions are doing that, although they seem to have a better, better core receivers and better running backs than they've had in a while. Their receivers are better. They drafted a tight end this right. year, so they have two tight ends they can run, go with. Their running game has been better, and their offensive line's played better. So, I mean, they have options. They've got Kenny Galladay. They've got Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola in the slot there for their wideouts. That's going to present challenges for the Eagles. Look, the last thing I want to do is see Sendejo out there on an island with somebody, <laughs> and he's already not able to cover things. So I don't think the Eagles are going to have a problem with the run game, but I, I just think that they can't stop anybody passing. Well, and, and, you know, Matt Stafford has his games. You know, every once in a while he just throws up a clunker for no reason. I'm hoping you this gotta, is one of them. you got to hope that's the case, yep. but – but he is a good quarterback, and he puts up numbers. So the Eagles do play differently at home than they do on the road, though. They're like twenty-one and four, twenty-one and six in Doug Peterson's tenure as a coach. Are you going? No, I'm not going this okay. week. Sorry. It's supposed to be good weather. I'll be watching on TV. Yeah. Uh, Brett's got something to say. Breaking news: the in- the New England Patriots have released Antonio Brown. <laughs> really? I'm surprised Sports by that. Center. I am surprised by that. That's I thought awesome. that they were going to ride that out. Belichick got really cranky pants at his press conference and walked out. Oh, come that. on. When is he not really cranky no, pants? No, no, even more. He said he wasn't going to take questions. Wait, which one? Walked out. Which press conference? The one earlier today. Oh, well, look. they uh, Bill Belichick, I'm cool with him being cranky when he wants to be cranky. Don't be cranky when you bring in this guy. That was a good update, Brett. Way to be there. Breaking news. Because my phone's frozen right now on a restart. If yeah. anybody's had that yeah. problem, yeah, I so decided it, to upgrade midday. It has not gotten well, and I've basically got yeah, so a brick right let us, now. Let us do our public service alert. Don't if you're, update if you're, your if phone you're, midday. If you're upgrading your phone, don't do it as you're walking around. The worst part is I knew Find better. Find Wi-Fi. I knew better, and I still did it. By the way, I, it is the dark mode is kind of cool. Well, I got to get you there wouldn't first. Because right now you have light mode, I, which is the whole screen is white with the little Apple Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't know about that right now. Did you happen to see Jeopardy the other night with the contestant? No. Okay, so a contestant wagered 4100 When do you have time to watch Jeopardy? Because this was great. He wagered $4,133. And when Alex Trebek asked him why on a daily double, uh-huh. he said because that was a score of the Patriots-Eagles game. <laughs> and what happened? Did he lose or win? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I just saw that he wagered it. Let's go to Brett, let's hit the break. When we come back, we've got Larry Mee, live of the Delaware Blue Coach, joining us. 
taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. With the biggest names on and off the field, it's the heart of sports each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN. With former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville, Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the heart of sports, Fridays at 4 p.m. Sports lets people live their dreams, overcome obstacles, and achieve goals. But what's your unimaginable? Do you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? To push your limits? The A Fatty clothing brand believes we're all capable of going far beyond we previously imagined. To overcome your obstacles and achieve your goals. Life gives you the chance to push harder, to dream bigger, and to do whatever it takes to conquer the unimaginable. And to do it with A Fatty on you, the original street leisure clothing brand. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. Jeff, did you see that the Titans ruined it for everybody last week? <laughs> for our listeners. I, I'm, I'm laughing because we now can't have our little fireworks shooting out of the air because the Titans couldn't prevent lighting their field on fire. The Titans flamethrower knocked over <laughs> and caught their field on fire. Thankfully, nobody was injured. But the best part of the video yeah. was that there was literally one guy with a fire extinguisher out there trying to put this fire out. I don't know what was going on. I'm watching. I'm going, this is crazy. The field's on fire. So now there can be... Uh, Apparently, the Nashville firefighters had the, someplace else to be. The league has placed a league-wide prohibition on all-field all flame effects and pyrotechnic devices until they review it's not bad enough that the titans suck and ruin the rest of the league now they're ruining the fun well they ruined it last so does, night wait so that because because the eagles when they score shoot fireworks up and they do it that's during not the, on the field though but, well, so they, is that okay i don't know call the nfl so before get, the get, game call john rudkin <laughs> and see <laughs> what's allowed before, before the game that we should call dave spadaro and find out because maybe he could, uh, has a, like a hard-hitting story on, <laughs> on whether or not they're allowed to use those two things that are on the sideline and what you know the sixers do it inside i know uh, well, normally teams don't have a problem with it, but somehow so, Tennessee not. So why does over. everybody get punished? Because the Titans, I don't know, pyrotechnics team is shooting the fireworks in the wrong direction. This really isn't the most hard hitting news story, but I just uh, yeah, it is funny. Though. Tom Brady was apparently watching along last night to the football game. Let me ask you, and right. was not happy that there were fifteen. I don't called. believe for one second that Tom Brady was watching that game. <laughs> you don't think he was no. actually watching? No, I think he was just looking for a fight to pick. Well, he picked it, yeah. and uh, they called twenty penalties for the game, none in the third quarter. After Tom Brady tweeted, uh, I will say to his point. There's 7.8 accepted penalties per game. That's more than any year since 1947. In weeks one and two, there were 178 flags for offensive holding, 66% increase over last year. So let's leave that there. Yeah. Are you ready to talk some basketball, Jeff? Larry Milai, uh, Blue Coats team president. Uh, Jeff and I are already stretching. We are trying to prepare for uh, to avoid injuries tomorrow. Because it is open tryouts for the Blue Coats, and we're going to be joining. Are you going to be on the court with us tomorrow practicing? I think I think we should run the courts tomorrow. The three of us. I think that well, you would do better than well, both wait, of us. The two of, two of us already are. Yeah, we're we're practicing. We are signed up. We're we're ready to roll. Are you going to join us? You could try out too. Well, I tweaked. I did tweak my. Oh, ankle here comes the excuses. <laughs> with my uh, my eight year old, so I'm not sure I can. 
I can make it. But I'll, I'll, I'm a gamer. You're, you'll be out there. <laughs> See, Jeff and I are just hoping. My wife asked me what my goal was, and I said to be able to walk out on my own power. That's really my only goal for tomorrow. That, and he wants a participation trophy. N- I want to be the oldest player in the G League. You, you've got a shot at that if you could go I'm, there. I'm pretty sure I might be the... What's the oldest guy that's come to one of these tryouts for you? Do you know? Jeff. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> could, could, I, I mean, I've could seen, I set I've the record tomorrow? Walks. I think you probably will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to have to get Jeff a participation trophy because he right. loves them so o- much. <laughs> oldest G League tryout participant. Larry, tell us about this. This is the third open tryout. How's it been going? You guys have been all around the Delaware Valley. Uh, going out there trying to find talent everywhere. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I, I, we've talked about this before. Like the G League is kind of framed around this idea of the pursuit of a dream, right? And it's, you know, it's an open, literally a tryout for a professional basketball team. It's almost like that Vince Papali, um, you know, story. And, yeah. you know, we, we've had success with this. I mean, one, not only just getting our brand out there, um, and going to different parts. You know, we were in Reading last week and at the Fieldhouse the week before and now going up to Philly. But, um, like, we've had success finding diamonds. I mean, we've had, over the course of the last six years, 23 players have made it to camp, and 15 of those have made it to the, to the regular season roster. So there is opportunity. Jeff, there's um, hope for you. There's none for me, but yeah. there's hope for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we, I've been waiting for that moment in my life where the coach just turns to me and says, Larry, we need you to go in. Just yeah, I, I, I wait for that moment, too, and then I wake up from the dream. Wait, you, <laughs> wait, as team president, you don't have anything in your contract that says you can tell Connor Johnson, hey, Connor, I want to play today? Put me in, coach. You know what? I, I actually never put my foot down, so maybe it's time. I think so. I think you're going to have to work on that. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you did have a, a pretty exciting morning at the Fieldhouse today. You had ESPN's first take there. Uh, with the historically black colleges and universities. Tell us a little bit about what the atmosphere was like there today. It was awesome. I Honestly, it was one of the best events I've actually, I've seen in Delaware. And I'm not just saying it because it happened at our building, but it was just, I mean, it was electric. I mean, Stephen A. walks into the gym, picks up the mic, and just declares that the Sixers are going to the NBA Finals, and people go nuts. By the way, did Stephen and, A. really need a mic? <laughs> probably not no. and, and, and it was great watching the reaction to him and magic and the whole crew on first take and but I, it was just pr- a proud moment like just proud of what the city put together i was gonna say how how exciting is that for you as somebody who's helped shepherd this this field house project going into year two you, you guys got a late start on last year here you are. You're gonna be open on time. Things can be ready. You're you're breaking it in with first take. How exciting is this time for you as as somebody who's overseen that? It's it's really exciting. I mean, I just feel like there's a momentum. There's like a pulse. Um, the city has been has been uh, becoming alive. Like I just feel like over the last couple of years, like it's just starting to get its groove. And I think you know the field house is a big part of you know a big catalyst to getting the riverfront revitalized and um so when you bring in events like this it puts us on the map i mean that's a national show and i can't tell you how many you know text messages and calls i was getting like hey you guys are on tv it was was great i was expecting you to storm the court by the way how how do you know it wasn't on there i didn't see you on tv it may have happened during the commercial break but i missed it 
You saw Cody, right? I did. Cody was in the middle of everything. I saw Cody on Saturday night. Cody was there for the mascot birthday party for Fang at uh, the yeah. Union game. So uh, Co- right. Cody was there hanging it's out. It's very nice how, how the... The mascot community all bonds together for each other. Oh, Jeff, you would have loved it? it. It was the mascot birthday party, yeah. and they were all there. Gritty was hanging out. Swoop was there. Gritty was there. You would have loved he it. Must they have were trashed they the were place, dodging huh? the sprinklers that were going off while they were on the field before the game started. <laughs> That's what you want: wet, soggy, smelly <laughs> mascot. One of the mascots was like leaning over, putting their like beak in it, trying to like get a drink. So, so Larry, one of one of the things that that is a keystone of of this whole field house isn't just the basketball. It's the community that this building, and for anybody who hasn't been to the building, you should get over there as soon as you can. It's, it's only half of, half of it's a basketball stadium. The other half is community stuff that has lacrosse and soccer and things like that. Tell us a little bit about that and, and, and how proud you are of that portion of what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's truly a youth development center. Um, you know, and there's an arena in the middle of it, but, you know, we have this, turf field and these amazing tenants with the Moore's Children's Hospital and Titus Sports and, um, you know, bringing in um, youth across the region, not just Delaware, um, to help cultivate and develop, you know, young people, you know, whether it's, you know, athletically or in other aspects of their life. It's kind of like almost like a mind, body and soul experience when you come there and I, it's just a sense of civic pride. I think, um, you know, I think there's a lot of kids in the neighborhood surrounding that. That it's more than a building, Jeff. It's like a it's a beacon, a sense of hope for these kids that there's something that they can say it's it's theirs. And um, I think that's what I think it means to me. So, what kind of activities can we look forward to coming up other than the blue coats? Obviously, the blue coats will be there almost every weekend. How about for the rest of the time? Well, yeah, and, and so there's an indoor turf field, there's, there's an outdoor turf field, there's the three basketball courts. So you're talking everything from volleyball, basketball tournaments, soccer, field hockey, lacrosse. They even had seven-on-seven football that's been there throughout the summer and into the fall. Um, you know, we've up to date, we've brought in two concerts, uh, OAR. Um, Cardi B came and did... Um, I don't, I don't know what you called it. It wasn't actually a concert. I think she was having a gathering. And um, Jeff missed that gathering. Cool, sometimes those things <laughs> bypassed Delaware. Now they're not. Now they're coming. And um, so I think you're going to see more of that in, in in the coming months and years. Well, I got to be honest. Hearing you talk about turf fields and volleyball concerns me because it sounds like Jeff's going to volunteer me for something else. Uh, so <laughs> I I hope that uh, that that doesn't happen. Uh, what else can we look uh, You guys get started pretty soon. We've seen Connor Johnson out there going around. What's your time frame for kicking things off here after the open tryouts in the next couple of weeks for fans who want to get tickets and get down there and see the team? Well, first and foremost, um, the Sixers are coming. That's right. Uh, it's gonna, you know, it's really, it's almost like the cherry on top event, right? We did all this work to bring the Fieldhouse uh, to Delaware and to Wilmington. But now the Sixers are coming down for their annual blue-white scrimmage, um, which will be October 5th at 1 p.m. So, you know, the great thing about our arena, it's it's such an intimate setting. So now you can get really up close and personal to guys like Ben and Joel Embiid and um, all the new guys out, you know, Horford. And it's just 
it's going to be a really special event. Um, it's a free event, so you have to sign up on um, the uh, Six Man newsletter, but uh, to get your tickets. But it's just it's going to be such a cool thing. It'll rival, I think, what uh, happened today. It'll just it'll be another phenomenal event. And then we kick off our season, the Blue Coat season, November 9th. Um, wow, it's coming up fast. It is, man. Basketball's back. I can't wait. So once I make yeah. the team, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. When, when does camp start? <laughs> once I make the team. Well, I, I look, I, I, have, I have a day job. I, I have to go tell my partners Then I'm going to oh, need some time off. That's amazing. You're going to need time off because you're going to be recovering, not because you make you the can't team. Do, you know, I remember you can't do both of Deion Sanders. You could be flying in for... <laughs> For games and practices. Don't give him a big head, Larry. That's not going to happen. You know, I'll try. I'm here to manage his ego. As long as you're understanding about me missing some practices for some court appearances, I'm cool. Jeff, we're talking about practice. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Larry, we always appreciate you coming on and having some fun with it. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow at Temple. Uh, as Jeff chases his dream and I chase my goal to leave alive. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on and look forward to following what the Blue Coats are doing as uh, we get closer to the season. Absolutely. And just one last thing, if if anyone out there wants to sign up and and try out along with Jason, Jeff, and myself, um, you can go on to uh, Sixers.com backslash blue coats and there's information on tryouts. And 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 you have to be there tomorrow at 7.15 a.m., right? Yes. Jeff setting, course, so Jeff setting multiple alarms right, tonight. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going to sleep right once the show's over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go find a foam roller. <laughs> Thanks so much, hey, if Larry. Were, if you were dedicated, go, you should sleep out. Sleep out. Right Jeff slept out for, I, I, for charity I already before. do that for the Covenant House. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Larry. You have a great one, man. Anytime, guys. Look forward to it. Take, Take it up. easy. Jeff, I still have no hope that I'm making this team. I don't care well, what I'll he I'll tell you says. what I heard at the end of that was that he is trying out now. I did hear him say that. I so, know, so. Uh, I hope that uh, Alex Yo and Matt Murphy there are listening. That yep. <laughs> Larry plans to try out now. Let's get him to sign his forms. Mm-hmm. And um, What is your actual goal for tomorrow to, to make, make it out? The, to make the Z League. <laughs> <laughs> my, my goal is literally just to walk out. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I think it's. A, I think for us, it's a good chance to be able. To, look, we f- we cover these guys, we interview these guys. It's some of these guys are going to make the team to watch them go through this and well, to and just en- experience it, even just for a minute. We or enjoy two. talking about the journey of the players, and mm-hmm. it's a good way to really see the journey that they're on. Yeah, to to go and to take it on. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. We pre- you know we're having fun with it, obviously, but uh, we appreciate the Blue Coats for giving us the opportunity. And we will be out there tomorrow. And they appreciate the opportunity to have some footage, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm sure everybody appreciates having some footage. You could just set it to By a, the way, how many people have said to you, please send me video? Oh, my God. I, like, I can't tell you. Anybody who finds out wants video, and my guess is they're going to put it to like a laugh track or something like that and send it around. <laughs> it'll become like a meme by Sunday morning, I think. Not the way that I want to. So Antonio Brown no longer on New England. Does he get another shot in the league? Of course he does. You think so? Yeah. He doesn't end up on the commissioner's exam list? Well, that that's the only way it doesn't happen. Do, do you think the Patriots know that he's about to be put on the exam list? Well, I think they had, I know they had to make a decision because uh, he was due a payment on Monday. Uh, like a, a significant bonus was due on Monday. So they had to make a decision in the next couple of days. So regardless. then why did they do this? 
Tell me why they did it. Why they always take a shot at it. I think they were caught blindsided by some of the additional allegations. I thought that they thought that they could deal with this personality like they have with other players who have adapted their system and become good team players in New England. I think they were horribly wrong in that judgment. By the way, did you did you hear that when when they originally signed him, Tom Brady asked him to come live with him? I did. And, Can you imagine and, how he and, feels and about when, that? Now? No. When those allegations came out, how quickly do you think Giselle said, uh, "Tom, no, yeah, you're not go, having any neighbors in the guest house. Go find somebody yeah. else to uh, to live with." Uh, there were lots of injuries in the NFL last week. Yeah, but hold on, hold on. I got one other thing because I started talking about this. Well, no, this is a Belichick thing that I started talking about before. I don't know why the Patriots get a pass for bringing in troubled players, okay, and and supposedly reforming them because Bill Belichick will just throw you out if they don't do well. Well, if you take that risk, then you have to own it. So when Bill Belichick starts getting questions the day after the whole Antonio Brown thing breaks, he has no right to be cranky pants, as you would say, about <laughs> it because you knew where there were, there's smoke, there's fire. Okay? He, the Steeler, in less than six months, the Steelers got rid of him, and then the Raiders, despite getting him and paying for him, got rid of him. You... Bad guys are just bad guys, okay? They're not, they're not going to reform just because he's already won a, a Super Bowl, so it's not like he's playing for a Super Bowl. Antonio Brown only plays for one thing, Antonio Brown. And so I don't feel bad for the Patriots. I never feel bad for the Patriots, but in this instance, I don't feel bad for it, and I'm, I'm kind of getting sick and tired of the fact that Belichick keeps bringing these guys in, and then he sits there and he gets all annoyed when people ask him questions about it. You're asking for the distraction. How many coaches always avoid the distraction, right? That's all we ever hear. He seems to invite the distraction. Because they look at the risk being worth the reward. I, I think here. I think it's ego. Well, I think it's I just think so ego. too. And it's win at ego, all cost mentality. Ego allows you to justify taking larger risks. You're the person who can be different, you're the person who can do what other people haven't done. And they give them credit as much as you dislike them. Yeah. It's worked for them at times. At times, but there are other times like this it where it's blown up in their face. Wrong. Yes, let's talk about the youth movement now at quarterback in the NFL. Some voluntarily, not, I was say, some, not on purpose. Some voluntarily, some not voluntarily. Uh, ben Roethlisberger out for the season with elbow surgery. You Apparently, think he comes back? Well, it's gonna have like Tommy John it, surgery. It, it's probably. been it's been like three or four straight years that Ben Roethlisberger keeps whining that he's going to retire. So I find it hard to believe that now he's going to go through this type of surgery and want to rehab to come back. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer right now, right? Probably. Probably. Yes? Okay. So I don't know if he comes back at this point. I don't know if he's going to want to go through it. I don't think we'll know until he actually steps on a football field because we're going to constantly hear him say, well, I'm, not, I'm just not sure about it. Drew Brees out six weeks. At after, least. At least. At least six weeks. Uh, they're actually going to go with two quarterbacks, Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater. Ah, uh, so. the old... Uh, fantasy fans quarterback don't take the starter there Eli Manning benched for Daniel Jones Uh, (laughs) I'm not surprised it happened I'm surprised it happened this early I thought if they would have done it they would have done it preseason otherwise it's game three yeah but Dave Gettleman's smarter than the rest of us clearly Uh Uh, the Jets starter has mono their backup has torn ligaments in his ankle. What is he in college? And they're now on their third quarterback. Yeah. So this week, at least eight. Who was Gardner Minshew? The the predecessor to Gardner Minshew was 
uh, the Jets this guy, quarterback, Falk. Luke yeah. Falk. Uh-huh. Uh, this week, at least 18 quarterbacks age 26 or younger are expected to start. That hasn't happened in 32 years since so week you're, three. So you're saying I shouldn't try out for the NFL, huh? No, but you're going for the oldest in the G League record. It, 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 by the way, is that really possible? I'm going to get you a little trophy or something. Are, if I'm the oldest there? Uh, well, I don't know. Hey, hey, if if Alex or Matt are listening, we, we do want statistics on this. Well, we'll, we'll have to figure everything out. Uh, any other games this week that have your attention in the NFL? Nah, any, college, any? maybe, but not the. I mean, what what game? What game really excites you other than the Eagles and Lions? It's for just the, the fact that there's what two about twenty plus okay, point spreads so, this week. Uh, there the is NFL. one: the Ravens versus the Chiefs, where now everybody has gone overboard on the. Ravens. And I read today that there was an article on the Ravens Chiefs quarterback duel is the next Tom Brady. Peyton Manning. You group. hate it when people go to extremes of the Last best ever. Last year, the- Lamar Jackson was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. He's having a good season two weeks in. Let's not go overboard. So that you put pro- if, either if Peyton Manning or I'm understanding the Jeff Cohen tone. Yeah, you have now put the Ravens in the bucket with the Browns. Is that what you've done? What the over? You're the, over it. Well, I, you're some, over somebody, the hype. Some, somebody, I wasn't. I wasn't with the hype to begin with. Was <laughs> you're, I? You're over it. I, I told you this Browns thing was like let's let's relax, people. Slow your roll, people. But what other games are good? I mean, you just look through the schedule: Raiders, Vikings, Falcons, Colts, Jets, Patriots, Dolphins, Cowboys. I mean, it's not a great. Brett's, Brett's got his game. Who are you picking, Brett? I'm thinking of picking the 49ers against the Steelers, but now since oh, they have I would a quarterback not do now. That. They don't have a quarterback. They have Mason Rudolph. That's not a quarterback. Say again? They have Mason Rudolph at quarterback. I think the Niners have actually played very well so far this season. Bonus points if you can say where Mason Rudolph went to college. I'm not good. My brother's good at that. Was he at Michigan because you know it? No, you don't (laughs) know. He was Oklahoma State. Oh, no, I didn't realize that. Normally, I'm pretty good at where mm-hmm. quarterbacks are from. I paid my a lot of attention. My brother can tell you all the players from where they're from and all that stuff when we watch. And Jeff, I'm the complete opposite. Jeff can. There's a, there's a whole lot of good college football games, though. All right, so let's get to that for a few minutes before jo- we're done. Notre with- Dame at Georgia? Okay. I think Georgia's going to annihilate Notre Dame. You think so? Annihilate them, yeah. Okay. They're well, just they're good. Uh, Michigan has a tough matchup against Wisconsin. I don't even want to talk about that. I, Michigan has played horribly the first two games against underwhelming opponents. Wisconsin, I think, has outscored their opponents by 100 points in that period of time. It's at Wisconsin, 11 a.m. game for them. It's it's noon back east. But I don't know how Michigan's going to win that game. And then the sky will fall in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I was going to say, what are they going to do there? They are gonna, well, They're going to call for him to go. Well, Shea Patterson's already making excuses that the reason he didn't play so well is because he had an abdominal injury. So we'll see. I thought if- he doesn't play well because he's got another quarterback looking over his shoulder that gets time too. Oh, he said that too. Well, haven't I seen that? That I don't know. But the guy looking over his shoulder is the better quarterback. It's Christian McCaffrey's brother, Jordan McCaffrey. He's the guy. Tonight, Utah plays at USC. What time? Um, Nine o'clock. Oh, past my bedtime. Forget it. Yeah. Spe- especially since I gotta be up. You're gonna like, be in like an like, oxygen. What time chamber. do we have to get up to? To get down there. Early, Jeff. But wow. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, so I'm right. up at that time. Well, is he anyway. driving you? 
No, I actually. I have a seventeen-year-old. If we're he being, can drive if we're me. being honest, I don't think my wife is terribly thrilled with me because now she's got to get up and be with him so that I can huh. go try out for a team I'm not going to make. What if you make it? <laughs> Wait, that's not well, even. Well, she be supportive. She'll be surprised. Yeah. That's what she'll be. <laughs> <laughs> she'll think you have a concussion if you come home and say. If that, I come right? home and tell her I made the team, she may yeah. have my head examined. <laughs> she she will she will know that that is not something that will actually happen. Let's talk a little union in the final minutes. You know what they should do? They should have like a fake fake thing and send us into that one <laughs> here's the fake tryout <laughs> you can use like i i and sent have the, us make the team <laughs> i sent you the picture the other night i was holding the little ball at my yeah. son's like little plastic basket uh-huh. showing me that i was practicing it was not you're, you you look like you had like basketball hands i was getting my shots yeah. in uh i was down at they better Tower. have lots of chalk Oh, God. Yeah. You just want to throw it up in the air. Yes. Be that guy. Chucker. I was down at Talon Energy Stadium last mm-hmm. Saturday night. It was electric. They played LAFC to a tie 1-1. Um, not the result people wanted. Union are currently in Especially second Especially since place. they had the lead to be in. They did. Yeah, that's uh, what's so heartbreaking. And they had more opportunities, mm-hmm. too. They just couldn't really but, convert. But LA is the, the number one scoring team in the league, and they held them to one goal. They so, did. Blake, Blake made some really good saves yeah. there, too. Um, the Union are currently in second place in the East, five points behind N- NYFC, one point ahead of Atlanta United. This Sunday, they play against the Red Bulls. Um, your thoughts on where the team is right now as they head down the home stretch? I think they're in a good spot. I don't think they're going to get the number one seed, so they're not going to get the bye because only the number one seed gets the bye. But I think they're going to be in a good position going into the playoffs. And I think that right now it's it's about still getting all these guys to mesh. Remember, two of your top players didn't play the first half of the season. So getting them into the rotation is going to be something that's important and getting all these guys on the same page. And I, th- I think it's still a learning process, and they still have a little bit of time. The Union are sending their broadcast team up to Red Bull Arena this week, so you'll be able to hear JP and Tommy call the game. Yes. I know that's uh, very exciting. Mm-hmm. Quick flyers are they gonna bring? Are they going to bring an uh, onion bag? Uh, you got to uh, message Tommy and see about that. I will. Quick uh, flyers news. Travis Konechny signed a six-year deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Preseason games are underway. Flyers start two weeks from now in Prague. Their home opener October 9th. Are you going? In Prague? Yeah. A little bit far for me. Oh. Um, are you interested in hockey yet? What point do you start paying attention? When the season starts. So you don't watch? I don't watch the preseason. preseason hockey. Yeah. Preseason yeah. hockey is just really hard to watch. You know, are no. you like counting down? And the- I just don't read anything into it. It's it's just, it doesn't mean anything. Are you counting down the days for Sixers training camp to open? Not because you think you're going to be a I'm part of it. I'm not going to have time to watch the Sixers this year. Why not? Because I'm going to be busy with my own team. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> oh, what do you mean you don't know why I'm laughing? Come on, look at yourself. You know why I'm laughing. <laughs> what other thoughts you got before I we got start my game face on? We got 30 seconds left. What yeah. else can you add to the show? Say <laughs> something profound. I, I miss baseball. You do, don't you? Yes. Are you excited for playoff baseball? Even though the Phillies won't. No. Be in it? Not so you won't watch. You're not. You'll watch, but you're not excited. Uh, uh, I might watch. You can't do it. It hurts. It hurts yeah. too much. Uh huh. You can't handle that. The Yankees and Dodgers. I can't watch that. Don't worry. You can watch a little Arizona fall baseball. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.